You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. And straight from the inbox, as we start off today's episode, um, I love when these kinds of emails come in to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Corey and Pam, after years of talking to my wife about Sexy Marriage Radio, recently, as we traveled as empty nesters to watch our youngest daughter run for her college team, we've started listening to the podcast to pass the time on the road. The last couple of times we've been on the road, Sexy Marriage Radio is the one we listen to. We'll listen, pause, discuss... And we'll thoroughly enjoy our hotel room or bedroom after the trip is over. Yesterday in the morning, my wife was open but not excited about sex. Four hours later, when the drive was over, she said, game on. And she wasn't talking about the track meet. <laughs> so I love that because that is so real, right? Yep. Road, well, I love some road trip action anyway. <laughs> but the conversations can really, I mean, that creates a closeness right there because you're talking through dreams, desires, yeah. what each, what really hits home to each of you. And that's kind of an aphrodisiac right there in and of itself. Right. And that's the concept of Sexy Marriage Radio in a large, in large part is we want to talk about what life is. It's not just sex. Right. Right. That's the concept of how we do sex matters. But man, it shows so much of how we also do life. Yeah. And it's a huge part of married life. And we're so excited that the SMR Nation spends time each and every week with us. So welcome to joining us again this Mm -hmm. week. We're so glad that you've turned us on however you choose to listen. We're glad you find us. And we also ask uh, that we hear from you in the way you can let us know questions you've got or how road trip works out for you. Uh, you can, I love those stories. You can, yeah, we do. Yeah, we both do. So call us at 214-702-9565 or send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And then if the things resonate with you and you like what's going on, we just ask you to jump on iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio or however you choose to listen and rate and review, leave a comment, help spread the word that uh, married sex can can have it going on and that you too can have game on. Right. So apparently the way we started last week um, with the whole conversation about slowing down and the phone uh, resonated with quite a few people in the SMR nation. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a lot of advice. <laughs> hey guys, first I want to thank you. I love listening to your podcast. It's so incredibly helpful. Um, second, I don't really have a question, but I was listening to your latest podcast and where in the beginning you talked about... Um, Taking the, making your smartphone a dumb phone and taking off the apps and, and the notifications and, you know, all the notifications that you get. And so you're constantly picking up your phone and looking at it. Um, I still have all the apps on my phone, but one of the suggestions that I got in a, uh, last year that I did that has made a huge difference for me is that I turned off the notifications. Like I still have all the apps, but the only notifications that I get on my phone are phone calls and texts, uh, my calendar notifications. And then very specific um, Instagram notifications. And other than that, everything, all my other notifications are turned off. So if I want to look at something, I have the ability to, 
but my phone's not constantly going off all day long. And it's made such a huge difference, especially in the evenings when we're trying to spend time together as a family and and that type of situation. And even out and about, your phone's not going off constantly when you're in the middle of Walmart or something. Um, so just a suggestion, you know, instead of taking off the apps, just turn off the notifications. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. I love when the SMR Nation speaks yep. up. Good tip. To help out, help out because there is an element. Of, that's one of the things we found with the mastermind groups that I've got going and then the academy that all takes place on Slack. That if I had all the notifications on for that, the phone would be dinging and pinging and vibrating all the time because mm-hmm. there's lots of conversations that take place. But this is that's a great tip to uh, simplify some of the distraction. But the premise of what I'm trying to do with this, too, just to clarify, because I've had some conversation in the academy on this, too, um, is this is just taking away not the distractions that come at me, the distractions that pull towards that I pull towards because they're there, as mm-hmm. in I check email too much or I jump on Slack to see what's going on or, you know, it's that constant what's going on. I need that ping, that endorphin hit. And so. I've eliminated a bunch of these things to help it to where now my phone, the apps that are on there are things that are necessities and they bring a lot of joy like Kindle Mm -hmm. and Audible and, you know, Mm -hmm. Maps and Life360, some of the different things we have as a family because that's how it functions for us. Right. So those are there and it's just really paring it all down. And if you want to add another little layer to this, this is from that book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yep. Set your phone to grayscale mode. What is that supposed to do for so, you? So apparently the color that's built into the, the pixelating in the, in the phone with the color is designed for a dopamine hit that keeps you on the phone longer. Set it to all black and white kind of grayscale, and it takes away that trigger in your brain, that draw. Wow, that's an interesting It really is. So I've had that right going there. on now. And so as of last show, um, you know, I said I set it all that way, and then I immediately put it back on. Now I've got everything back off. Yeah. And it's grayscale, and it's been fabulous mm. <laughs> with the difference. The other segment that we talked about uh, on the same concept was the idea, uh, this is people helping you out, apparently, Yeah. of um, how do phone calls get through when you don't want the distraction? But how do you make it to where people can still possibly get you, as mm-hmm. in me or family members? And so every phone has a do not disturb feature. And this is just people from the SMR nation are throwing this to us. And so we're throwing it back to the nation because other people may not know this function. But if you set your phone to do not disturb, you can set that up so your favorites can still get through. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice little tip. Yeah. If you wanted to use that and that helps you in the SMR nation, fire away. We hope it's helpful. Yep. Because we want to help married life and just life flow better for everybody in the nation. Mm Mm-hmm. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, I'm joined with a guest again, Dr. Laura Dabney, who's a psychiatrist that does therapy. So she doesn't do as much med management anymore okay. at all, really. She's a coach and a, and a therapist. Right. And so she joins me in the free section, and we answer a couple of questions that have come in via email from the SMR Nation. Okay. And so getting her take on... Um, a wife that uh, is not willing to try new things in bed and in sex, and a husband who has serious struggles with erections, but yet is married to a woman that is definitely the higher desire. And so we talk about both ends of the spectrum, if if you will, 
Yeah. Uh, and I get her take because it's kind of fun to have another uh, person in the field yeah. to, to steer some of these conversations uh-huh. and to help enhance them. Absolutely. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there is no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. Uh, I continue the conversation with Dr. Dabney, except this time we get into the idea of what is the whole aspect of medicating our problems? Mm-hmm. Because there is an element with the psychopharmacological world and the drug, big pharma, if you will, yep. pushing meds that sometimes it's just the hope we could, some people can take, and all of us can do this to a degree. We're just trying to medicate our problems, not really address them. Right. It's a quick fix. And, and so I'm fascinated yeah. with her take on this because yeah. this, is her, this is more in her training. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious, what does she do with this? Yeah, and as someone who prescribes... I mean, she's got to really um, keep in line with right. maybe potentially a guiding people to or from. Yep. Yeah. So all that's coming up on today's show. So joining me again today on Sexy Marriage Radio uh, is, you know, she's becoming a fast friend. It's Dr. Laura Dabney um, that she's been on in the past. She is one of the colleagues in the profession, I guess I could say, I mean, I don't, we're still colleagues, but you've got the MD going, I've got the PhD going. And so there's a little different variance on our journeys thus far. Right. That's what makes us work well together. Perfectly. And that's, that's where, that's how I'm wanting to have you uh, help frame some of this with me today, because um, you have some takes on stuff that's uh, very, very valuable. And one of the things with Sexy Marriage Radio is, you know, we're trying to always help uh, the listeners and the SMR nation figure out what's going on, what's normal, what's not. How do I solve this? Because, you know, it's not news to either one of us. That there's problems in marriage. There's problems in sex. And it's normal people have problems. So, <laughs> right. so everybody has problems. <laughs> absolutely. So we'll for sure try to normalize some of this. But I think we can also, I want to utilize you, if you're willing, uh, with today's episode to uh, help me answer some questions that have been specifically coming in. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, let's see where we go. Does that work for you? Oh, that's great. I love nothing more. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So here's, here's, this is an email from a husband. That's a longtime listener, loves the changes that we've had over the years and, uh, thinks the show just keeps getting better and better. So both he and his wife grew up religious, both believe sex should be reserved for marriage. And even though they'd had prior sexual experiences with others, They kept their convictions and made it to the wedding day as virgins with each other. Uh, The first night together, wife asked if we could not have sex because she was scared, and I didn't think it was wise to force anything, so we didn't. That's where the trouble began, and it persists this day. to this day. Fast forward 30 years, now our marriage has had decades of denial, hesitancy on part of my wife to try anything outside the missionary position. It actually took her seven years to even be willing to be on top, and 12 plus years to even be open to oral sex and only by me. So during years five through seven, he was frustrated, found porn to be an easy but unfulfilling substitute. She found out, was hurt. They've tried to work through the impact of the denial, his use of porn he's not using anymore. The hesitancy on her part to add anything remotely new sexually has created an impasse or the gridlock. So this is the way, I mean, this is a familiar cycle, right, Laura? Yes, yes. um, for 
it works for weeks, months, years. Work up the courage to suggest or request something. She freaks out. I battle feeling like a pervert or evil. I retreat, telling myself I was wrong to even bring it up, even though I don't believe that's true. Eventually, she reluctantly may participate after lots of conversation, arguments, frustration. And then if they do engage in something new, she does so without enthusiasm or passion. I've asked her if she would like to try anything new. She says she doesn't. I've tried the route of taking the lead, doing new things without prior discussion, and she freezes, tenses up. I lose momentum and excitement. So he's gone the route of, I'll suggest books, blogs, podcasts, studies. He's almost 100% sure that we'd never do anything but missionary if it was up to her, and he's not okay with that. He ends it with, I feel cheated, stuck, angry, and if I'm honest, pretty hopeless. Divorce is not one option they want to follow due to faith, and so he feels doomed to ride out the rest of his days, now long past my sexual prime without any changes. Please help. So there's a lot going on here in, yes. in a gridlock pattern that uh, is all too familiar for a lot of people. Right. So I'm curious, what what's jumps out to you? Well, several things. <laughs> But what jumps out, and again, it's unfortunate we can't do this live with this person because I'm going to have to make assumptions based Absolutely. on what, what he said. So just give him that caveat, yep. Mr. Listener. Um, there's a lot of talk about her. She yes. won't, she will, she won't, she won't, she won't, she won't, she won't. And I see this a lot. And it, it usually comes from a fantasy, a wish that the other person needs to change. Right. And then when that person changes, we'll be happy. Right. And that's where I implore people, beg people, please understand. It would be so much easier for you to change yourself. Right. And then people go, but I don't have the problem. And I say, well, yes, you do have the problem. You have a problem <laughs> of a wife who's not doing what you want her to do. Or right. she's not she's not somehow magically figuring out what you want. And I think what's happening is, but he says he goes months and years without saying anything. Then he does. I have to, that, that strikes me because what happens to all of us, I think, when we are told something after years is that, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong all this time and you never said? It compounds it all because there's this message of, wait, you're, you're withholding, you're, you're not even being up front and shooting straight. And so that just adds a, additional pressure. Right. Right. It's this terrible sense of, you know, of, I, I don't know if it's exactly distrust, but somewhere in that family, but. You know. Well, so I think it, I think I think let's, let's talk about a little bit of that because there, there's a dark side to that that yeah. needs to be acknowledged. Of there's an element of betrayal in that. Of wait, you're because if I, I hear the way you're framing it, and I like this because it's the idea of he wants her to be engaged and vibrant and open and excited, and when she's not, it's an indictment on him. But yet he's not expressing that which is in then in turn if he's not expressing who he is he's not being engaging and vibrant and open about what he's wanting exactly okay the openness starts before the sex i talked about right the intimacy starts way before the sex right so and i'm wondering and aren't you wondering if they do this on other things? If there's other things he doesn't like about the relationship, I'm wondering if he holds that in until the last Well, minute. and I'm going to also be willing to venture the guess. She does it, too, on other topics because I think we, we play the same game. That's why we click in some regards, and that's why we're so frustrated with each other in some regards because the script is similar. 
Well, exactly. And I, he does say, I do get the impression that she's not, she says yes or no, I'll try that. But I don't get the impression she's really talking about her feelings and thoughts and why mission and why is that better? And right. what's all this about? So, right. No, I like that. And I think you're on the right track, Laura, because he even makes the comment of, at least the way I see it, um, when she, when, when she reluctantly tries to do something or she's, she engages in it and she's not enthusiastic, he feeds off that, which loses it for him, which there's the, there's the rub of, okay, you're taking too much cue from her rather than bringing yourself forward to, to be exposed, to be vulnerable, to be willing to take the risk, to take the hit to lead, to own the mantra. This is the one thing I love is the mantra of if I bring up something new and my spouse thinks I'm perverted, how do I grow into the fact that perverted isn't a bad thing? <laughs> or that it's just her view. <laughs> exactly. Because maybe what I'm liking to do, I mean, I use this as a joke when I'm speaking a lot of times, you know, if Pam was to say that's perverted and disgusting, why would you want to do that? And like, that's exactly why I want to do that. Right, what a great right. thing to do with you. Come on. I want to share this with you because it's perverted. It's so awesome. Yes. And who else? I mean, that's who you're supposed to be doing that with. <laughs> So yes. And then the other thing to think about when you do keep something to yourself for a long time, thinking you're being the nice guy or accommodating, right. you, you go, you fall into that bury and blow thing, right? We talked about that before. The yes. Whole, you bury, 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 bury. It's very hard for you to, to hold onto that resentment. So when he is finally telling her, is it coming out a little harsher than it should be? And how else is it coming out? Because that's what you were touching on just a minute ago. Because how do we hide? I mean, this is one, I don't know. You just started meddling in my world there, Laura, real quick. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that's been interesting, because Pam actually mentioned the other day in front of our kids, I have a tell that when I'm frustrated about something, she's, I I said it, I, I had my tell that I displayed at dinner one night and I, Pam in real time said, Hey kids, that's dad's tell that he's frustrated about something. And I'm like, do tell. Explain, right? And it started realizing I have a tendency to do the whole, <clears throat> you know, it's a deep breath and I clear my throat. And that's a tell of I'm holding back something. Right. <laughs> Which, there it is, because it all comes out. And so your work, because this is the thing I've loved about the way you frame a lot of stuff, is... How do you start to just be honest and acknowledge that to yourself first and then uh-huh. come up with the better ways, you know, to detach from that, the, the negativity or the judgment of that emotion and just see it as, wait, how do I just use this as a neutral fuel to steer it someplace better, to be up open about it, upfront about it and acknowledge it? And that's kind of what you're saying for him. Exactly. And that's, I love, you said it so beautiful. I don't know if I could even say it any better, but I do, I, I just take that step further with him to say, if, or anybody, if you're, if you're having a perfectionistic unconscious that you can't even have any negative feeling, right. you're, you're, you're compounding the problem. So implore the listener to take the advice that just Corey just said, where you are curious about your anger, resentment, frustration because the curiosity is what's going to lead you to, as you were saying, come up with the best solution for it. Right. And, and I think that that's recognizing how to, because again, in my opinion, you got to define the word solution because it probably does not mean some vixen, 
crazy woman in the sack right away that's willing to now blow your mind and all the positions and techniques and everything she's willing to try it's right. it's largely probably going to be okay this is the this is the thread i've been on lately of there is sex with genitalia then there's also the level of sex of whoever i'm having it with that that genitalia is attached to right and exactly that's where it gets deep and meaningful and lasting and profound because it's more than right. just an act you're experiencing and tasting the essence of your spouse Right. Very nicely put again. So the whole, right, the whole, what's the solution that's going to work for what you want in the long run? So you have this short run view and then the solution of how it's going to impact, help your relationship going right. forward. Right. Cause he's we in have a, to look at one of the, go ahead. Go, no, keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. There's one other thing we have to look at here in this talk about when you bury something, it comes out you know, sideways in the side but it also comes out sideways in the punishment. Okay. Keep going. So, he, so that whole, he was using pornography and she found out. Yep. I mean, that's punitive to her because he wasn't able to talk about his anger, frustration enough okay. to get it out. And so ends up, I know it's not on purpose, but it's accidentally on purpose. Oh, right. now, now I'm. Her well, punishing you for this. So add that label that you've already added of curiosity to this, to my own uh, litmus test of how do I view what I do and how can I be curious about, because that's the whole touch on. And this is where, uh, man, in our profession, we have a hard time. We, we can't, you know, none of us are going to come in as mental health professionals, I would hope. I, I'll speak for you and I, I think, because I know you well enough. You know, to I think I, I can put you in this category of yeah. we're not going to come in and, and say judgment of nope, that's wrong. Yep, no, that's that's up to each person. But how do I start to recognize? Because we want to play it nice with people on well, it was probably an accident, or it was a subconscious thing. Rather than what if you were curious about maybe I did have an element of me that turned to porn because I'm cruel and it's a punishment and it's an easy way. Yes. It's an easy way to get my knees met or pass some time, but you're talking about a punitive side of things that maybe if I'm curious about, maybe there's a part of me that has that ability. And I love at least acknowledging that I can have that part of me and see what I can, how I can grow from understanding that more. Well, I think it comes out of the whole, if he was comfortable with his anger long enough to sit with it and then do the process we talked about. So what, what, what's the best option? Mm -hmm. Should I tell her? And if that's so, how should I tell her? Should I do something else <laughs> by myself or right. something that, right. you know, not punitive? I mean, I, most people get to the punitive thing when they're trying to avoid the thing they feel guilty about. He feels guilty about the anger at her, I think, yep. because he loves her. Yep. And so he is, if, if she gets punished, then she'll know I don't like it without me having to say it. Okay. So that's where I think that that vicious circle comes from. If you are conscious and okay with all your feelings, you can pick the best as right. opposed to the punitive option. Right. It's going to end up hurting more than it helps. Absolutely. And so from what I'm hearing you, you describe, we're on the same page of the next step is I got to handle me. I got to be upfront about, look, this is the dynamic. I like the framework of every marriage, especially 
um, every sexual relationship has an elephant in the room, if not multiple elephants of tension, frustration, past hurt, uncertainty, fear, whatever it might be. So how do I recognize? I can't make that elephant move out, but I can shrink them by by acknowledging them a little different because just because you share, you know, I'll personalize it. Just because I might share a perverted idea I've got with Pam, that's a, that's a bell I can't unring, <laughs> right, if I'm open right. about that. But it also d- probably is not ever going to make it. She's totally enthusiastic about my perversion. It's just that's just the reality of the difference between us then. It's no different than saying, hey, I want to go to the mall for three hours. You, the way you put it, you, you put it all in I statements, right? Yes. So you own the whole thing. Yes. This is my other fear with this guy. I'm, I'm afraid when he brings it up, he's putting it all in you. You need to. You don't. Fair. As opposed to the, hey, I need to let you know. Right. I, I'm feeling really frustrated, irritated about our sex life, and I'm fantasizing about using porn. And I, you know, I, so I, we need to resolve this. I need your help. Right. Right. Figuring this out. Right. At, at the very least, I got to put this out in the open because that's the route I have not gone. Yes. In the open, in a way where you own it all. Right. I like that. I think that's good. And so this can, I think this dovetails straight into the next email, which now we're going to come at it from a female perspective because it's a wife emailing in. Okay. And again, we've got a little bit of the dilemma that uh, married life faces because it's going to, it's just, I don't know if it's designed for these kinds of things, but maybe it is. <laughs> There's an element of we're going to have gridlock and impasses that happen. So here's so we'll grow as a person. We'll grow from that. I, I, that's the hope. Yes, because that's the that's the mantra of what's my married life or what's my marriage teaching me right now? Because I think that's a good question to ask. And so this is from a wife that says, hey, can you help me? Been married to my husband going on 14 years. We've both been married before. He has three kids. I have two from prior relationships. Our sex life was good during the beginning. However, he had to take medication like Viagra. So in 2011, they got custody of a grandson, and this was a struggle. Because as years passed, sex life stopped. Every once in a blue moon, we would have sex. I'm talking like twice a year. He had stopped taking the Viagra due to us not having insurance. So fast forward now to 2018. Grandson went to live with father, but nothing's changed. I love my husband with all my heart. He's my everything. And as a note, I'm eight years younger than him. So last year, in 2018, towards the end of the year, I couldn't take it anymore. I woke up wanting sex, went to bed wanting sex, masturbated at least twice a day. At the beginning, it was a relief, like, wow. And then it was, like, boring. I wanted more. I wanted the connection, the passion, the suspension of what was going to happen next. So I went to a dark place. I was angry all the time. And she even posted a song on Facebook that he found on her site and contacted her and said, what's this all about? And so later that day, she broke down, told him she couldn't do it anymore, told him I want him, all of him. And as we let it all out about how often I wanted sex and to me even masturbating, she just totally came clean, it sounded like Laura. So I know he loves me and I know I love him. It was a rough, but we're trying to work this out. The love is there, the connection's there, the passion's there. He went back to the doctor to get put on Viagra, so all should be good, right? Wrong. Medication isn't working at all. I bought some cream that's supposed to help with blood circulation, but that didn't work, and so now I'm at a loss. So I was like, toys, why not? Because I know he wants to have sex, but he can't just get hard. What can I do? What else can we do or can he do? Please help. 
All right. <clears throat> a lot of similarities here, right? <laughs> it, it is because and and she's even um, in some regards she's taking charge of what she can. And she's even bringing that forward. Maybe there's cleaner ways it could have been brought forward. And so the question to me jumping out right right off the bat is, is she still clean in bringing forward the passion and sharing the essence of that rather than punitive in it? Because I like that framework. Exactly. So it'd be very unusual, unless they were in therapy, that she went about it, held it for so long, and then right. blew and um, did the punitive thing. And now all of a sudden she's open all the time. So, right. I mean, it, 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 they luckily ended up, it sounds like in a great place, but it sounds like, it sounds like maybe she doesn't realize. And I have a lot of patients who have this fantasy that if we're in love, it should just be easy. Right. Yes. I think we all face that. <laughs> <laughs> that sex, just, sex just unfold, unfolds all the time, whenever, easily, no problem. It's always great. Yep. And we're always on the same page. So she may be in that realm of, um, and, you know, women tend to fall for this more because of that whole, the princess gets the prince and they live happily ever after. So she got the prince and now is she just thinking, well, that should now be happily ever after. And she's not daily checking in with herself, admitting things to herself. Right. Open and honest because we can't tell them. So it's like she wants a formula. We can't tell them what's the next step, they, that's what you work out together. That's the intimacy, right? Working that out. Absolutely. And that's, I'm glad you touched on it with that word because what I'm hearing from her, and, and this is my question is the love is there. The connection is there. The passion is there. Okay. So if that's the foundation, that just means the sexual mechanics is not there. Exactly. But what says, and cause this is the question I've got, what says an erect penis is a necessity for sexual connection? Exactly. <laughs> because there's there's a lot more you can do, and there's a lot more connection and bond you can have that has nothing to do with there's if there's an erection or not. Right. So here again is this idea that he's got the problem and I'm the victim suffering. Right. But you're not a victim here. You, right. you have, you're an adult. You have the voice or the capacity to say, we got to figure this out together. It would be fun to figure this out together. Right. Um, what other options? And, and, you know, and this isn't going to end no. people, you know, men have differences in their sexual functioning. Women have different changes in their sexual functioning. People get sick. Things change all the time in right. your sex life. You have to be really, really comfortable talking about this frequently. Yep. And so it doesn't go off course like that. And I think have the courage to redefine self and relationship con continually because exactly. there is this element of what I hear. I mean, this, this is the first thought that comes to my mind when I read this email, uh, when it first came in, cause these, these two have been in the queue for a little while. So I'm glad that you're on here to help me. Let's let's get caught up. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But the, one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind when I first came across this and then is thinking through it today is, um, so she's found ways to, 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 to take charge of what she can in some realm of her sexuality and her sex life. Has she invited him into that? Has she said, you know, I, want, I am really horny and I'm interested in a sexual connection or release. That's my, if, if I got a minimal goal, that's it. I want the sexual pleasure. I want that right. escape, whatever it might be, however I deem it and, and define it at that time. I would love to add some layers to it of your participation in it. Ultimately, the penultimate thing would be, 
we have full-blown sexual intercourse. Okay, that's my hierarchy. Let's just frame it. So I'm going to be willing to start at the bottom. If you're willing to come in the room with me, that's a different level of intimacy. If you're willing to participate, that's another different level of intimacy. Maybe that gets you going. That's another, you know, at least you're bringing yourself into the equation more, which is just like the whole thread we've been going on of you're being upfront about it all. Exactly. And you're inviting him into your thoughts. Right. People don't, people underestimate how intimate that is. It's completely intimate. I mean, that's exactly why we have with, with, dating and everything you start there you start bringing them in we have this in common we don't we both don't like that and gee whatever it's all the thoughts first so right. yes we're just bringing him in to your thoughts is a, a huge first step that's good and then if you move forward even more she's bringing in bringing him into her experience right and i just want to make a note here about being a woman and um understanding a little bit about, uh, I work with mostly with men, but then I sometimes see their wives, but in any event, it, our society does have different pressures and expectations from women than they do men. Sure. And religion also sure has a role does. here from, from the other talk. So you have to be not only honest with how you're feeling, but what is this image you're carrying around that might not be yours. It's, right. it's something borrowed from society that doesn't fit you or isn't you or isn't real that you may have to slough off before you can get to the intimacy you want so badly. Right. And that that's part of the whole growth process too. That's taking stuff that I've been given and scaffolding on to it to where I start to build, Hey, this is what I really believe and and yeah. I can challenge. And let's go back to that word we, we used in the first segment. Um, I could be curious yeah. about, is that working? Do I really believe that? Is that in line with who I am now as I see it now? And the more I can do that, the more I'm evolving into the full functioning me. Right. Perfect. Right. To not let anybody else anybody else give you that definition. You can't live under someone else's definition again without the resentment and frustration. Right. Not you. Right. That's perfect. Well, Laura, again, uh, I love your take on things. Thank you so much for helping steer some of the members of the SMR Nation. How can they find more of you before we wrap up this this part of the show? Good question. We just launched a new website, so I'm so excited. It's uh, drldabney.com. Perfect. And I, please call me. I'd love to talk to people. And I actually have a special line set up for your listeners, and Corey, and it's 757 757- Six nine five And all of that will be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this while driving, don't try to write that down. Both <laughs> hands on the wheel. Come on. Safety first. Uh, Dr. Laura, thank you so much again uh, for the time. And I look forward to connecting some more. Thank you, Dr. Corey. It's always great to chat with you and solve the world problems. <laughs> uh, we, we can only hope. I love it when we can have a guest back on the show right? Uh, that, that starts to get a little more of a feel for what mm-hmm. Sexy Marriage Radio is really about mm-hmm. and a taste of the SMR Nation when they email in and they get to jump in on let's answer these things. Right, right. Someone that's um, got some great background and right. absolutely useful help and inf- information for the and nation. Selfishly, I love it when... Uh, other professionals get access to the SMR nation and they learn and get to taste and experience 
the depth and the quality of the SMR nation. Right. Of the questions they ask and what, what they're interested in and how things unfold for them, because that's what we want to be here at mm-hmm. SMR, right? right? Is we want to help married life be all that it can be. And so when people uh, constantly send us emails or call in voicemails and just help frame the conversation, ask yeah. the questions that aren't being asked, make us go deeper, uh, steer it a different way. We all are better that way. Yeah. Right. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, uh, thanks for the feedback you've given us mm-hmm. to help with the things that go on in our world. And we hope that what we do helps things go on in your world better. So. We left something undone. Let us know. We'll see you next time.